Hello, hello everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me as always is Zeke Baker and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Thank you for stumbling across this podcast. If you're on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast provider, say hello to the folks, Zeke. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. We have a fun-filled show for this evening and although we are the dad's drinking bourbon this is going to be somewhat off the bourbon path but something we think you will all find fun and interesting we hope we might as well just get out of the way you always have a side drink what's your side drink tonight currently we're working on a little stag junior just a uh, balance of flavor profiles based on previous tastings i am peeling behind the curtain not everybody knows but zeke always has a side drink and speaking of side drinks zeke also has a side piece tonight because we have our friend ryan lay who is back in town ryan you were just here a couple weeks ago you're back in nashville we're happy to have you back say hello to everyone how you guys all doing and i just want to let you know that zeke has introduced me to the side drink or side car as he calls it and it is for me what i have brought on is old forcers twin liquors and it looks like it is a warehouse g i thought you were having the gobble squatch i do have gobble squatch in front of me which is a russell reserve pick but i know you guys are trying to convince me that russell reserve store picks are the wave of the future well russell it's not reserve. just russell reserve it's any store pick is the way of the future. I actually will agree with you there. I think store picks are the way of the future and that some of these allocated bourbons are in the rearview mirror, so to speak. And I think it's something that we're always looking for, trying to find a unique whiskey experience. Store picks allow you to do that a little bit. I've had some store picks that are better than some of the allocated bourbons I had. We'll talk about that here in a second, but speaking of searching to find a unique bourbon experience, we tonight are actually looking for a unique experience by taking a visit over to Colorado, and we are going for a Rocky Mountain High of whiskey with Stranahan's and 291, and that's gonna be our focus tonight. Let's touch on that subject here for a second. Where do you think the most unique place to find a whiskey is right now? Regarding a source or luckily walking into a store that has a full set of BTAC and MSRP? Cause that's... What is the unique experience for you? Is it trying a craft? Is it trying a good store pick? Where is that unique? I mean, you know essentially what a BTAC is going to taste like. You know essentially what a Pappy is going to taste like. You know what the regular package Eagle Rare Elijah Craig is going to taste like. So where do you find uniqueness in your bourbon experience? Is it trying stuff you haven't tried before or is it going and finding a store pick of something that you already do like or are you seeking out a craft or something new? I think it's the nuances of store picks and, and what they can really allow and bring whether it be something with four roses and multiple mash bills and, and literally a, a multitude of flavors that can be found but that that's really where the bread and butter can be and it, it's things that even as, as much as folks want to hawk on secondary a lot of these picks are, are never going to gain enough notoriety to ever have a secondary value but the people that own them and drink them and, and have access to them they're not going to give them up for anything less than a close friend or a fellow drinker so Ryan, I think Zeke's point on that, you're looking at a barrel like that, there's only going to be a certain number of those bottles that make up a barrel. And that depends a lot on how much evaporation happened throughout, where was it actually stored in the rickhouse. There's a whole bunch of stuff that is going to make up what that yield is. You know, it, it's very volatile to say how many things you're going to get in a barrel at a barrel pick. 
But Zeke is saying he thinks that would be something that's good for local fanboys. But on a whole, I mean, you're a guy that travels, right? That's your forte. I think we're going to hear something from you about that in the future. As you're traveling, where do you find unique bourbon experiences? When we travel, we're looking for people that actually know or have a good taste profile. People that actually can pick good store picks. I mean, we've seen, I'm someone that is in a lot of different groups. So I see a lot of people that are in the secondary markets or secondary sites, certain store picks. I mean, we're t- we talked about Gobble Squatch a little bit today, just a moment ago, and it's a Russell Reserve pick, and that is that is trading at about a two hundred and twenty-five dollar evaluation. For me, store picks are the wave of the future. BTAC that is unable to obtain for most people, or Pappy that is unable to be obtained because you don't spend enough in a certain store, most people are going to be starting to look for store picks of their favorite distiller or similar to what we're trying tonight, which is the Stranahan Snowflake. There's about the same amount as Al Young or some of the small batch limited edition for Rose picks that we've tried or that you guys have tried on the show. There's about, I think, just under 10,000 or so on the Stranahan's. Zeke, I don't know if you can confirm Here he that. He's better on the show twice now and he's taken away all of our thunder of how we move from one thing to another he took away the surprise i was gonna say somebody wasn't paying attention we can bring it up again and they'll they'll be equally as amazed (laughs) i i know well nobody pays attention to anything i'm saying anyway but i was gonna say it's snowing in here but there were 1600 bottles in the snowflake so if you think about other things snowflake had 1600 bottles al young had 10,000. george c stag is over that number this year it's like 30 something thousand so if you think about that 10,000, 30,000, and then you get 1600 it's a it's a little bit different of a game and Thankfully, Zeke knows some really nice people. We want to make sure we thank Nate5280Whiskey on Instagram. Go ahead and check him out. That is their whiskey tasting group. And Nate runs the show over there on the Instagram. And and he picked Zeke up a snowflake. So thank you very, very, very much for that. Can't second that enough. And that's not even a a Zeke knows. That's uh, someone firsthandedly reaching out and being generous. Well, to be fair... And what Zeke forgets is he reached out and he was generous because I went and picked him up at Al Young. And so I phoned in my favor for you, Zeke. When you're drinking it tonight, remember that I phoned in my favor and I gave my favor to you because I'm a good guy like that. Are you still upset that I donated my hair to someone else? No, I mean, I'm just saying I'm a very humble and good guy. And I am just making sure that everybody knows that I used my favor to make you happy because you have been waiting 10 years for a snowflake and you have still not got one. That, that's true. Uh, I told one of my, my closest friends earlier when I sent him a picture of the open bottle. He, he can have the BTAX, the Winkles, the, the old Wheaters from Willet, but he will never touch the snowflake out of principle. Merry Christmas, Zeke. I am a great friend. John that's with the assist, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Uh, more than the assist. John lifted up Zeke in order to touch the rim tonight. That's what it sounds like. I'm just saying, I am a great friend. Everybody needs to know this. I do what I can to help this man out. Bourbon is all about helping each other out. And I'm just happy that I was able to be there to help my friend in need. Well, it's much appreciated on all ends. And uh, Oh, but sorry, Nate, it was really you. And, and all, all joking aside, Nate, thank you so much. For reaching out thank you for camping out i mean nate was there the night before he camped out in the cold with everybody i think he had a good time in true fashion we, we cracked this the day it came in 
there was no hesitation and there's been nothing but enjoyment. A lot of times, Zeke, you and I are getting whiskey and once we get it, if you send us anything, it's pretty much getting open the day it comes in. And, and Zeke is nodding his head in approval. So let's go ahead and go over to Stranahan's, talk a little bit about Stranahan's. I'll give you the history and the rundown of the distillery because they are the first distillery that distilled in Colorado since Prohibition. Last week, we talked about Heath Clark, who was the first one to distill in Williamson County, Tennessee, since Prohibition. Chattanooga Whiskey was the first one to distill in Hamilton County since Prohibition. So there's a lot of these craft distilleries that are popping up, and and obviously I don't have enough of the backstory of Stranahan's to say whether or not they actually had to change legislation to do that, but they are the first distiller to really pop up in Colorado, and and we are also going to try some of the 291 tonight. That is another distillery that has popped up in Colorado since Stranahan's came into existence. But Stranahan's was founded by Jess Graber and George Stranahan. The funny thing is they did it in 2004, In 1998, Graber met Stranahan, who was the founder and owner of the Flying Dog Brewery. What happened was there was a fire at Stranahan's barn. He was a volunteer firefighter, Graber was, and he went to go put out the fire in the barn. They started talking about whiskey, and then they ended up making a a distillery together. All of the Stranahan's whiskey is distilled at 47% ABV, 94 proof. There are different ages, there are different finishes on there, but the first batch of this whiskey was distilled in 2004 and bottled in 2006. A lot of their stuff is over two years old. I haven't seen anything that's over three years old. Zeke, you've been drinking it for a while. Nothing that I've seen age stated on the label. Again, that doesn't always mean a whole lot, especially if someone is blending the regular yellow label strands. They've always tasted very similar, consistent, great taste and profile in my world they finally are available in tennessee the thing that's kind of cool about them and and ryan i don't know how you feel about this up in up in chicago beer is a pretty big deal and and these guys used to be a craft distiller and if i'm sitting there and i'm watching the bears but you're a the packers fan right yes i am unfortunately for most people or thankfully for the Wisconsin side. Do you have stock? No, I do not have season tickets, unfortunately. No, not season tickets. Do you have stock in the... Green Bay is the only organization in the NFL in which... That is owned by the... The fans. By the fans, exactly. And and how that it's recorded is also by the seats that you buy. Well, my former roommate has stock. Ooh. He doesn't have season tickets, but he has stock in the Packers because they opened it up twice. Once when they first got going, and they opened it up again a few years ago, and he actually has some common stock of the Packers. Unfortunately, I missed out on that one. I really wish I would have jumped on it. You were too busy stealing your father's bourbon to, to get up on being a season ticket holder or having some stock. Next thing I know, stealing I'm the drinking. bourbon of the Jack. Good call, Z. Getting back to the Stratahans, they are a very beer-forward company because Stranahan owned a brewery and when it comes to what you're actually getting in here malted barley is the base of this spirit which is unlike some of these other spirits that have a corn or a rye base malted barley is going to be the most forward thing that you're going to get in these whiskeys if you're looking for a unique tasting experience I think that alone right there is pretty unique it's something you want to seek out We'll get into talking about price and all that other stuff, but 
that's something that you don't see every day, right? It's fun to me in a sense of, yes, there's a heavy malt. As someone that truly detests most scotch, which I do, I really enjoy these. And I've had plenty of people tell me, how is that possible? I don't know, but I hate old oak. I don't want to bite into a piece of wood that's been sitting in the river for 20 years. But a fresh, charred, malted feeling... I really resonate with. That's just my taste profile. But again, there is a, a non-gray area, a, a fine line difference between a scotch and these malted products. What do you think there, Mr. Lai? We're doing the Stranahan's Snowflake. We're doing the Stranahan's Yellow Label, the 291, which is not Stranahan's. But um, it is from Colorado. It is It is from Colorado. And we're doing the Stranahan's Sherry. I am not so like when we when we talk about these and I know you guys did a show earlier regarding the Parker's Heritage I believe it was the eight eight year we did it a while ago the, but we did we did talk about the malt and yeah the malt. basically that it was a good gateway drug from a bourbon to a scotch because it's one of those things that tastes like if a bourbon and scotch had a baby exactly and so I actually also received a bottle. I had had a buddy that stood in line, and I'm sure I can share the picture of him in the first person being with an RV in line to get a bottle. Uh, he had saved one for me, thankfully. Stranahan is good. I like their I like their malt, but I prefer their their snowflake. So I know we're doing a blind taste test. So I, hopefully I can get this right. Like I'm really worried about that. That's I, the one thing. Are, are you prepared to fail as John and I often do? Yes. You know the the two I'm most worried about is going to be the snowflake and the sherry finish of the Stranahans because I feel like the sherry is consistent all the way through. I feel like I've got it. We'll see. We're coming up to it here. We have talked about this. All of the Stranahan stuff is going to come in at 94 proof. That distillery 291, they actually come in at 100 proof. And that is less than two years. It's non-age stated, doesn't say straight. So we know it is less than two years. We also know that the Stranahan is at least two years because they do mention it. 291 bourbon, it is a bourbon-based distilled spirit where Stranahan's like we said is a barley based spirit I think there are similarities and differences I do think it might have something to do with the elevation can't scientifically prove that and and also probably even more laughable and something that at least John and I would probably take for granted being here in the, the Tennessee Kentucky region where bourbon is by all means king you've got people in Colorado where craft beer from everything I understand is leaps and bounds ahead of any whiskey etc I really think that you know in, a, in an area where craft beer is is easily more popular than the majority of big cities you've got some small time folks that are really putting out a very good product and doing it well i think and both have their own pros cons etc as would be expected but and and it's funny because you get these pockets and i think you're going to find more things like what we recently had with bell mead and the black bell we have chattanooga whiskey doing the yazoo finish i think there are pockets of places that are very beer heavy. I think uh, Asheville in North Carolina, that is going to be a big craft beer town. You have, I would almost even put Nashville in that category too, because if you really sat there and counted up all the different craft breweries we have, we're starting to be a huge player in that game. I mean, it's, it's definitely getting there, but I guess my, my thought was it's fun to see people doing it, making it, and, and getting it done. 
with their own products straight out the gate and doing it in a town where they're not the focus. Craft beer is getting bigger here. And I just want to give a shout out. Go ahead and, and try out some Southern Grist Brewing Company. They are opening up a new place in the nation. They're in East Nashville right now. But go ahead and check them out. I actually used to work with them all, and they're all great people. So just a little fun. They're not paying us anything. They're not giving us anything, but they're just good people. So we, we should expect another six-pack on the door. Maybe, and a note. Zeke's all about notes being left for him. As we've heard on the last show that you were here, Zeke likes notes left on his pillow. No no kisses, no nothing, no talking. Just leave him a note. He has nothing to say to that. Nothing to say. So there is a difference in, in these. Uh, last thing I want to mention before we actually go into drinking these is the yellow Stranahan's is $50. The Snowflake is going to come in at $100. The Stranahan Sherry is going to come in at $100. And that $291 is going to come in at $75.99. Stranahan's is non-chill filtered. That is another big differentiator that I just want to make sure I call out. Is that the yellow label? Yes. And the Diamond Peak, I believe. And the Diamond Peak. Okay. All of them would be non-chill filtered based on labels. The, the Diamond Peak did not make this particular review simply because, honestly, offline we all had it. And it tastes a lot like the yellow, right? I've never thought so. For $15 more, I'll take the yellow eight days a week. Yeah, for $15 more, I just don't know that, that for me, that it's worthwhile. To I was asking a question. I haven't had the oh, yellow yet. Okay. I mean, we're about to do so. So Yeah, I don't, we'll, we'll find out soon then. Yeah, I was, well, no, you've had the yellow, right? I mean, yes. Educate me, because I'm a, I'm a... I was honestly surprised, because I'd had the yellow for years, saw the black, bought it, surprised for the flavor profile. It went way further away from what I would resonate to. And I wouldn't say it went scotchy. It just went to some space that I don't know and I don't appreciate. Ryan, I know you want to jump in, but we're doing this show because Zeke is a, a big fan of Stranahan's, and I just like stealing those tin cups that come on the top of it so it gave me an excuse to get another one of those tin cups from zeke love using them when i travel and now i have three of them so i actually can make a flight when i'm traveling well ideally you like stealing them we'll see if i can sneak out with one of them if you do there's going to be words and i know where you live the diamond peak for me ideally it's a double black diamond. Double black diamond. Okay, so there's moguls. I got it. And there's awesome 80s music as you're going down the mogul. Naturally. So with my fluorescent coat going down the diamond peaks, I would expect for another $15 more, I don't necessarily receive. So for me personally, I always just go grab the yellow label when, when it's available between the two. Well, if you pizza when you're supposed to french fry, you're going you're to have, have problems. Yeah, you're going to have a bad time. We are going to skip ahead when we come back from this on the other side. After Zeke uses his wonderful fast-forward skills, we will come back having had tasted all four of these. We'll give some notes. We'll talk about what we think about it. We'll give some guesses. Uh, we'll give those guesses before we give the notes, and then we'll see where we end up. And we are back. We have spent the last few minutes doing a blind tasting of these four whiskeys, the Stranahan's Yellow, the Stranahan's Snowflake, a Stranahan's Sherry Finish, as well as this 291 Colorado Bourbon Whiskey. We are now back from this. Ryan got broken into the, the blind tasting with Dad's Drinking Bourbon only the hard way, and we are all about the school of the hard knocks. 
Ryan is our little orphan Annie, and we are ready to put him into the wild. So, Ryan, I would say you go first, but I'm going to say Zeke should go first here. Zeke, go ahead and tell me what you thought of these. Let's give our guesses, say if we're right or wrong, and then we'll move over to tasting notes on those individuals. My one, two, three, four, one is strands, two is two, nine, one, three is sherry, and four is Mr. Snowflake. That is correct. Uh, you know, blind pig finds Iker on a good day. And I'll go next. We'll make Ryan sweat it out a little bit more. I'm liking this. I am going to go ahead and say mine went regular strand heads, sherry, snowflake, and then 291. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Ryan, you... No pressure, Ryan. But Ryan, you sat here and you watched this, right? You were with me in the other room while Zeke poured our... our pours and i was in here while you were in the other room with zeke while i did his pours i only have one question and it is did you pour similarly no i mean easily you, one of those glasses could have been mellow corn i could be messing with you i no, actually believe that it would happen you can't ask questions you just have to give a guess which one's the mellow corn <laughs> oh this is gonna be bad you put turkey in here didn't you he, then one of those is gobble squash. As much as you claim that you don't like the turkey, if you didn't pick it up, then we just proved rethink how you drink. <laughs> you certainly did. Certainly did. It's hard to rethink but, how you drink. But no, the, the, there's no turkey. Yeah, I wouldn't spoil my golden bottle here on you. All right. So I'm going to go number one was snowflake. Number two was 291. Number three was yellow label. And number four was sherry. Apparently, I am nowhere close because Zeke is laughing. He almost fell off the chair. So, tell me where I'm at. I appreciate your... Uh, I was thinking of a different word for, for somewhat of credibility and the fact that I would be precarious enough... I can't to, believe both of you guys guessed all of them correctly, but to, go on. To pour both of you all blinds because I poured their two blinds, then I left the room and mine were poured. Trickeration aside, I'm going to pour no both of you all here. the same. You poured them all the same? Both of yours were the same because I did not want to mess it up. And it's late at night and we've had a few pours. So but you, you should have poured them different because then... Why? Well, he, he got it wrong either way. Well, yeah, but after I guessed, he could have just guessed the same order as me. And well, so what, that so actually, what was that then? So Strands, Sherry, Snow, 291. Swing, bada, bada, bada. <laughs> Strands, Sherry, Snow, 291. What I don't understand, Ryan, and this is what I'm trying to figure out. I think turkey is your next love. Now yeah, he's going to come back to turkey. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about this for a little bit. We don't have a bunch of time to talk about it, but I really could tell just from the noses. And Zeke, I know you're a nose guy. The Sherry was pretty obvious to me. The one that had the wine finish, I... I that was honestly the, the hardest part, I me mean, nose wise, was sherry to snowflake. I've had enough. Yellow, I'm not sorry, not a wine finish. I said it was a wine, but the sherry finish. I've had enough yellow label to to really find it blindly in the dark. Two nine one is my bottle, so I've visited a few times with some but friends. It, the nose on the two nine one was the most unique for me out of anything. It is. It, it we did this blind, not to say that two nine one is anything like strands. 
We just had it. We were doing some Colorado whiskeys. Wanted to show some extra love for the state. Really, honestly, just appreciation for what people out there are doing. There's more to whiskey, bourbon, whatever you want to call it, than just Kentucky, Tennessee, Deep South, clearly. I could tell the 291 because the other three all kind of tasted like they were related, right? They were either brother, sister, or cousins, or something. You going back to the Deep South again? Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, but like... I got to tell you, I just went through and smelled every one of the Glencairns that I've got, and... You're smelling empty Glencairns. What are you talking about? That's because it took me 30 minutes to try and figure out what it was, and I I thought I was was dead nuts on. I was 100% off. That's the problem, because you're like smelling your old ex-girlfriend's clothes, hoping she's going to come back to you when you're sniffing a, an empty lung care. No joke. I am looking at Zeke, and he is laughing right now, but I am like, I'm not 100% convinced that he has not switched these up on me. No, I promise. Ugh, but I am telling you, so like... We, we're all for hazing, but no, yes, we wouldn't do that to I you. am. I am. Yeah, I mean, you came all the way back here twice. There's all all not, these bottles are, are sitting on the table. You can revisit them. If you one, don't I'm them. 100% revisiting them as soon as we're done here. I actually just went back through and just at least nosed all the glasses that have... There's nowhere near even a quarter of an ounce in these, but it's enough to get somewhat of a nose on them, and I am... I'm getting exactly what I thought I had originally. As John always says, rethink how you drink. And I'm 100% wrong. Which one did you like the best? I mean, I know you know what they are now. Well, as I said, I, I did the only straight hands that I did uh, actually go out and buy or have a buddy go out and buy for me is the Snowflake. And currently, the number one that I thought was good was the yellow label. But I think that is telling you something, right? You don't necessarily have to go out and get the $100 one. You can go get that $50 one and still be pretty damn happy. I Yeah, if you... If, again, so this whole concept of doing doing these tastings blind really make you question, is it hype or is it what you taste and what you actually enjoy? And it really humbles you sometimes, right? I am on the floor looking up humbled. So, yes. Zeke, which which ones did you like the most out of this? I appreciate it probably all but the sherry. I have to agree with you, though, and I don't want to cut you off. I, I didn't love the sherry finish. I think it's something that we've touched on before and just a simple opinion that groups or distillers, whatever, keep doing these wine, one-off wine finishes and they just don't hit the spot. Some of them do, some of them don't. Midwinter's Night, at least to me, still is the only one to hit the spot. But that's Christmas in a cup. That's that's different. But still, it's... Ryan, you're not a fan. You're making faces now. You know, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's... A fan favorite of a lot of different people on some of the different groups that I'm in and I have tried it now five different times and it's one of those things where every time I'm like this is the time this is the one moment I'm gonna like it I'm gonna throw in a Glencairn I'm gonna spin it around I'm gonna sniff it I'm gonna take it down and I'm gonna say this is like Christmas every time are you doing it when it's snowing outside you actually go out I'm barefooted in the snow John you were you walked two miles to work. I'm telling you, and every time I go, oh, he's getting passionate. I should go inside because I don't really like this. I think we should blind him on it, but preface it with this is the turkey you're really gonna <sighs> like. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's you may, where the play you may is. get me there. You uh, may get me there. I we've already seen that I can't pick not even one right on a blind. So 
I understand that. But, but no, it's, it's fun. But it took us, and I think telling the secret a little bit behind the curtain, but a lot of it's deductive reasoning, too, as you're going through a blind. If you know what those four are, if you could hone in, like I could hone in very easily what the sherry was because it was the driest on my palate, and I could sense that sherry. And I did get a little bit of that tequila, and I got lime and... You know, because it is finished in some of those barrels, I did get those notes when I tasted that one. I went, oh, that one's Snowflake. And then when I looked at 291, it was very easy to taste that one and go, this one's not like the others. It was like highlights for children. And sorry if we omitted this earlier. That's probably our own faults. As part of the tasting notes provided for the Snowflake, it says every batch of Snowflake is unique and utilizes the finest used wine, sherry, cognac, and tequila barrels to put the finishing touches on our whiskey. On some occasions, the whiskey is transferred into more than one specialty cask, resulting in multiple flavors, rich color, and a magnificent complexity. This rare event happens only a few times a year with a very limited release. That was some great reading there, Zeke Baker. I know, my child would love it. Ryan, redeem yourself. What would you actually spend your money on? Maybe I already know the answer. Is it going to be only yellow? Is that the only thing you would spend your money on? This year alone, I have gone out there and secured a bottle of Snowflake. So thankfully, uh, one of my friends was out there in line and got me one of those because I didn't necessarily prefer the yellow label. But again, after doing it blind, it's one of those things where I'm going to have to go and revisit it and more than a few times check it out at a bar and see if it's something that I actually do prefer or if it's something in my mind that I have already written off without even, again, tasting it. I would ask you what your tasting notes are, but I'm a little afraid. There is not a chance I'm going to give you my tasting notes right now because as soon as I made up my mind exactly what I thought it was, and I had tasted all these prior to this tasting before we did it blind, as we can already tell, I got them all wrong. I have a feeling that we'll get the full story in the fifth quarter here, and if I could sneak a recording of that, it's kind of like the press conferences after the big game. I'll see if I could do that, but now we're going to go to a man who got all of his right because he's very smart and he is not like Ryan Lay. Zeke, what did you actually get here? Very quick rundown. Number one with the strands, I got a very strong, young, char, single malt. Palette-wise, it went butter, malt, toffee. Just very fresh, very young. Not a corn young, as a lot of our bourbon fans may be accustomed to, which is not necessarily good, but it's what it is. No, a barley young is much different than a, a corn young, yeah. Finish-wise, I felt it was quick out the gates, bye-bye-bye, and a little bit of malt might have hung around, but it checked itself out real quick. Number two, the 291. Felt like the nose was very piney, sappy, citrusy, and tarry. Novel, to say the least. I wrote that for both of mine, and I'm throwing some of my notes in here while you're going just for the sake of time, but I wrote down citrus. I got citrus on the nose and the taste for the 291. Palette-wise, and, and simply because I like the word in regards to gin, and malted tar juniper. Finish-wise, it was very warm and sweet. Honestly, it reminded me of, of, of a gin drink. I was surprised. That kind of moved 
and shifted toward a a balance of a toasted or charred barrel and, and that's really where i got on the back end of it it's a novel taste plenty of bourbon people may like it plenty may hate it but it, it is very unique and non-replicated Number three would have been the sherry. Nose, old fruit and berries. Honestly, that's as far as I got to writing. Palette was staunch. It seemed too much of a toast, not a char, in the sense it just dried, not burned, or, or that old finish type feel. Finish wise, I puckered up pretty hard. I felt dry and dehydrated. And that's what really told the tell of tape for me was that my mouth was inverted, essentially. Finally, the snowflake. Man, the nose and the things all over, it, it took me forever to really pin it down, which I was not happy about, but it is a very complex blend, so I guess it meets where it should be. And I was able to pin that down with the taste pretty easily, opposed to the nose. Yeah, I was not able to pin down anything, so go on, see. Floral notes, a little toast, a nice element of salt. Which tequila barrels are, are mentioned, and literally that, that saltiness, if you have a dry salt tequila, like it, I don't know, it, to me it's there, it resonates palate-wise, warm, a little bit of salt again, honey, and, and as it moved to the back end, this really almost went to rum with me. I know people are, are trending on rum these days, I'm not the biggest fan, I have tried a few of what they claim are better ones and high dollar ones. It really seemed to resonate with almost a rum, finish-wise, I felt it continued into a salty, sweet, caramel, sugar, rum flavor. Long story short, which ones out of these would you buy? Which ones wouldn't you buy? All but Sherry. Ryan, what about you? He doesn't know. You know, ironically, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate Zeke here. Um, I, I literally listed them all differently. The ones that I said I would buy off what I thought they were, I would have bought number one, which ended up being the uh, Stranahan's Yellow. That was my number one. And that was essentially my number one. My number two was the Sherry. Or, uh, excuse me, I thought it was the Sherry. It was the 291. That was my number two. There you go. Probably wouldn't spend money on the Sherry, nor would I spend money on the 291. It's nothing against those guys. It's just not my cup of tea in the, the super citrusy stuff. I think I already have some bourbons and ryes that are like that. And, and to that note, I want to see what John can now throw up against this 291 that matches it without saying any names but a, a store owner and someone that uh, we trust their opinion on after he had 291 he said i don't know much else like it if you uh you took the label off the bottle and slapped wood on the front you have a 300 bottle i did like it but at 76 dollars, i think it's a little i don't know i just being less than two years old it really has to wow me at that age for me to go and it's, it's won awards i know it has <laughs> i know it has it's just <laughs> There, I could go get the Davidson Reserve Rye at 60 bucks, and that's very citrusy and very citrus forward, and it's rye, and it's a little bit unique in the, the taste on that. I don't think it's a bad whiskey at all. I just think I could save 20 bucks on it and go have some of the rye that's in my own neighborhood. I can't disagree with you there. I just like throwing out, you know, a curveball for what it's worth. And we enjoy that too. Ryan really enjoys that. That being said, you can go ahead and find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads. You can find us on Facebook at Dads Drinking Bourbon. You can find us on Instagram at Dads Drinking Bourbon. Ryan, where can the folks find you? So you can find me over on Instagram at RyanLay15 as well as Facebook RyanLay15 as well. 
Oh, you want people to Facebook you now? Well, if they want to follow along the journey. You can also find us on Apple. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Stitcher. All your favorite podcast providers. Zeke, the folks can also find us where? Nashville, Tennessee. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate having you again. We hope maybe someday can we get you down here for a third time? As long as you tell the people that we have to rethink how you drink. Well, cheers to that, brother. Does that also mean giving you a, a, a cheat sheet as to what your blinds are? Please, dear God, do that because I cannot do this again and completely botch all four tastings. On that note, we'll talk to y'all next week. Ryan's going to go hang his head in shame. Zeke, say bye to the folks. Ciao. Ryan, you got anything going out? Good luck, people, when you blind things. Cheers. Cheers.